Welcome to the Top Secret Wedding Podcast. Today's quick tip is, if you're not available on their wedding date, ask them if their date is flexible. You still might get the sale. Want to learn how to smooth out your sales pitch? Listen to this episode. This is the Top Secret Wedding Podcast, where we share top secret tips to help you take your wedding game to the next level. I'm Annika, and I'm a wedding coordinator, enthusiast, and venue manager for one of the best venues in Idaho. I'm Chris, and I'm a DJ, master of ceremonies, and all-around lover of weddings. We're on a mission to improve weddings and wedding professionals everywhere. Okay, so today we are talking about sales. It's a necessary <laughs> evil that you have to do because you want to do the thing that you want to do. You want to be a photographer, yeah, so you yeah. have to sell. Well, and I feel like that's the thing is a lot of times when you jump into the business, you're like, oh, well, I, I want to photograph weddings. And that's what you first think of. But ultimately, every vendor is a salesman. Yep. So, you know, and that's that's always what I tell my staff. Like, hey, you know, who can do this tour, you know, venue, tour? But ultimately, you're a salesman. What's yeah. your sales pitch? Yeah, you have to be. Um, and the thing is, you know, I I remember somebody asking me a long time ago. It, it was a newer DJ, and he said, "How do you get more sales? Like, how do you entice people?" I'm like, "If you really love what you do, it's going to show through, and they'll want your services." Yeah. So if you're passionate, that's going to be a much better sales tactic than anything else. Yep. Um, so with that, let's let's get into yeah, like let's dive in. So what it looks like. Let's talk about the initial contact first. Yeah. So how do you uh, like I said offline, I, I I'm interested to hear what your process is because we are I, right back at you. talked about this. Yeah. So how do people typically reach out to you to book the venue? Yeah. So I would say like 90 percent of ours come through email, you know. Okay. Most times people, they're just emails accessible. I mean, sometimes it's a phone call. I feel like newer generations, though, they, they don't like just calling. That's true. They'd rather text or send an email or something yeah. like Less that. Less pressure. When you say yeah. email, is that like through a form on your website? We actually get a lot of both. So we do have a really? form on our website, okay. but we get a lot of, I guess I'd call them cold emails. Yeah. We actually get quite a few cold emails or emails from outside softwares. So whether that's like The Knot or Wedding Wire or okay. Zola has actually been really big for us recently, okay. which I was really surprised about. That's interesting. I don't yeah. know why. Um, but yeah, I would say if you look at it as like thirds, then like a third of ours come from outside sure. softwares, a third come from cold emails, and a third come from our website. Okay. So interesting. what about you? Uh, I, I'd say probably 75% percent comes through the form on our website okay yeah yeah and then we get a few through like the knot and wedding wire every once in a while we'll book like one or two a year through the google like where you can message like on the google maps oh yes everyone's most of those are scams but yeah we, we book one or two of those per year uh and then we'll get a few maybe one or two per month uh in as a text message or uh a, just a straight up phone call so okay yeah those aren't as often but um, yeah, so that that's not always where the initial interest comes from. That's just the right. method they're contacting us through. Because yeah, a lot of the initial interest for us comes through word of mouth now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So whether that's uh, 
a planner or a venue like LaBelle, like they will tell them about us and then they'll reach out through our website. Usually that's the process I think that clients can Um, I will say, too, a recent thing for us, I mean, I sound like a broken record on repeat, but, you know, we implemented Calendly into our website for setting up tours. And it's been really cool to see how many people just go right to the website and schedule a tour. And by that they schedule a tour before. Mm -hmm. Okay, But by that point, like we're pretty transparent. Our pricing's on our website. So usually by the time that they are scheduling a tour, they've already done all of their research. And so. In their mind, there's no need to send an email or a text or anything. They're like, hey, like, let's set up a meeting in person and go see it. So that has been new for us. But a lot of ours are just coming from tours specifically before they even like chat with us. I wonder if there's a little bit of difference uh, in people's um, how much they trust you as a venue versus when they're reaching out to me because mm-hmm. they can see like it's a physical location totally and with me they're like he's a dj like <laughs> i think is it's he a dj very... or is he a dj right yeah there's yeah, two yeah. very different so i think there might be because i don't think i set up calendly on my website as well uh-huh but people don't really use it that much really i didn't okay. see, it hasn't been that long but people don't right. use it so um yeah i think yeah. i think that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah well and i think i think it'll come into It'll come in handy even later, but yeah. but I I could totally see that. So yep. Uh, okay, so oh, I did want to mention Instagram. Yeah. Do you ever get people messaging you through Instagram? Not super regularly. I've I've maybe do one or two of those a year. Okay, we I feel like get a lot of interest on Instagram, and almost always we refer them to our inbox, which I hate doing. But there's so many DMs that come in. Yeah, that it's hard to know when people are like legit wanting info or if they're just like, well, how much do you cost or charge, you know? Right, right. Um, so usually if they ask anything about pricing, we refer them to our inbox um, or our phone number, you know? But we do get quite a few brides who they look... <laughs> Is this chair annoying in the camera? We can... <laughs> well, it's already there. So it's already there. Okay, yeah. I just noticed that. Yeah. Um. No, but we get a lot of brides who do a lot of their initial research through Instagram. And so a lot of times, you know, we'll post something and they'll be like, oh, I love this. What time of year was this? Or who yeah. is this vendor? Blah, blah, blah. And after they've done that for a couple months, they then are like, okay, let's set up a tour. Gotcha. Because they're just, they're like, oh, I'm not engaged yet, but I'm pre-planning and you know i I like this guy and i think it's gonna happen yes um okay yeah i I think that's you know and i think that that's important to to note that once they talk to you they've already done all this research exactly and uh i think sometimes as vendors we get the feeling like they're almost cold calling us and they know nothing about us, but that's not but the that's case. not the case at all. They by yeah. the time they talk to us, obviously they need the service that we're offering, right. right? So we don't have to sell them on well, you really need this. Um, but they also kind of want what you do. Right. Well, and I think by the point that they're getting in touch with you is they're wanting they're wanting your sales pitch because they already know the logistics, <clears throat> but they want the they want the confidence in booking you and what yeah. what does that result look like? I agree. And I think there's also a part of the sales process, and we'll, we'll get to this here in a minute, but there's a part of the sales process where um, they're calling you for the things they think 
that you do. Uh-huh. And then you're like, oh, but also we do this. Yeah. Uh, and you add value to what they thought you already do. So, uh, yeah. and I get that a lot with people calling me and they're like, so we need music. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. we do that. But here are the real things that we do that our clients find value in. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize you do all these things. So totally, that's totally. part of the sales process. So um, let's get a couple of these things out of the way. So yep. avoiding scams. Uh, if you're in the wedding industry, do you get scams? All the time. All the time. So what do those look like for you? So more often than not, ours aren't focused towards weddings. Ours are focused towards like corporate retreats because we do retreats. And so a lot of times it's, it's so easy to point them out. And it's funny because for me, I'm like, oh, well, that's obvious. It's a scam because I've seen them so much. But you know, like we just hired our new assistant manager. And so she's not aware of the scam. Sure. So she'll come to me and be like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, that's that's a scam. Yeah, just ignore it. <laughs> um, but I, I look for key factors. So with retreats and stuff, they always are saying, so funny, they always say, I'm on a yacht and I can't make a payment <laughs> until I hit land again in two weeks, but here's my credit card. <laughs> and it's like, wow. okay, That's no. <laughs> um, the other thing that cracks me up is in our first, like, hey, they've responded. Here's our first email. It's pretty obvious that we say, hey, like, we're a venue. We do not include catering or beverage packages. You right. can either hire someone or do it yourself. <clears throat> so then they email and they go, I have a high budget and I need you to take care of the entertainment and catering and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, now we don't do that. <laughs> so th- that's pretty much the scam that I am very familiar with. Clearly, they didn't read. Clearly, they didn't read. There's usually some like, okay, there's some obvious misspellings or grammar issues. So there's not really a human on the other end or, yeah. But what about you? Yeah, it's similar. Um, basically, they're always looking for somebody that they can use a credit card with. Yes. That's usually what it comes down to. Yep. Um, the, the key phrases, <clears throat> excuse me, the key phrases that I always look for is, I will like to. I will like to. I will like yeah. to hire a DJ. Um, or book down a DJ service. That's mm-hmm. another one they use. Um, and I mean, if you're not familiar, on the other end, basically what they're doing is they have a stolen credit card and they're trying to use that with you. And then um, then they'll say, uh, so if the DJ service costs $1,000, we're going to pay you $3,000 and you keep the $1,000 and we need you to give $2,000 to our quote unquote florist. Right. And the florist is just another scammer. So- that or it's them, so that's that's usually what it is. But we, I pretty much just don't even respond to them anymore. Yeah, I used to troll them a little bit because it was <laughs> fun, but I think that just encourages them. So yeah, I feel like just to keep our rate good and stuff, I will do an initial response and to make sure it's somebody. Yeah, yeah, like to make sure it's a scam and not a person. Um, but as soon as I know, then I'm like, just delete it. It's it's not worth our time. Yep. So. Yeah, that's true. I do respond like if they say, I would like to hire a DJ service, I'll I'll just say no and then mark it as spam. So that yeah. way I it my inbox is at zero. Exactly. And, yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about how to respond to inquiries. Biggest thing in probably any industry is respond quickly. I agree. Like I, I feel like it's such a balance between like because I've heard both sides. I've heard people be like, well, I have an outside life, and so if it comes in at, you know, 10 p.m. at night, I'm not going to respond. And that, like, yes, you need to have your boundaries. Yeah. 
but there's a balance between responding quickly and still balancing life. Yep. So. The way that I look at it is basically up until nine o'clock, if they send me an inquiry, I respond right away and I say, hey, uh, I would love to hear about your plans. Are you available tomorrow for a call? So I don't want to talk to them more that night, but I right. want them to know I'm responsive and I see their information right away. Yeah. Um, but also set that boundary that I'm not talking to you tonight about it, but I want you to know. That's I awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, I know for ours, because we, we have a little bit of a flexibility because we're a venue. Yeah. Um, but ours is typically between, I want to say after seven, because it's kind of a okay, they're probably closed. They're out of the office. That's kind of what people's mentality goes to because yeah. we have a physical building right. that we're in. Yeah. Um, but even if I have a strict standard that, okay, we go by time, but anything from the previous day that's come in after seven o'clock right. needs to be responded to as soon as possible the next morning, the latest by 10 a.m. Yeah. Absolute latest. Um, and then anything before the end of the business business day needs to be responded to before the end of the business. I love day. that. So and and people have said specifically to me like, "Wow, you're so responsive. Thank yeah, you so much. We yeah. worked you because of that." Right. Like, well, that's the thing is a lot of times you have to remember. Again, you're a salesman. They are, you know, by the time they're contacting you, you've made it to the final selection. Yeah. But they have other selections and. They want to get it done. Like most times when you sit down in your wedding planning, if you can just get in and out and have it done, that's that's a check mark. That's one less thing you have to worry about. Yeah. So it's all about how quickly you get them taken care of. Yeah. And I think there's also uh, this because we world, live in a world of uh, you call a company and you're met by a machine most of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's a. Uh, this expectation that you're not going to get a real person on the other line. Uh-huh. So if you can respond in a personal way, like, yes, it's like surprising and it's a nice totally. surprise. So totally. Um, speaking of that, I think you need to respond in a friendly way, right? I think it should be, uh, it doesn't have to be too personalized, but you know, if they say I'm getting married at LaBelle Lake and blah, blah, that's like their inquiry. Then I'll say, Hey, I'd love to hear about your wedding at LaBelle. Uh, let's talk. Um, so I think it needs to be in a friendly way, but also not needy. It's so important to not be needy because I feel like, you know, it, it's like spooking a deer or a horse or whatever that phrase is. You know, if you're needy, they're instantly going to be like, oh, well, uh, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? Why are they needy? Yeah. It's going to spook them. Yeah. So, so saying, I would love to hear about your event. That's good. Mm But, uh, I would love to book you for our, for this event. This sounds yeah great. Like that's a little too much right off the bat. So right, just saying you're interested is good, but uh, just be careful. And if yeah. you're not sure if you're needy, run this by somebody that you trust. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, lastly, is just possibly you know if possible, respond to the way that they reached out to you. You know, most times if they are sending you an email, yeah, they're they're not going to necessarily want to just. Get a call right away. And, yeah. you know, like if I if I email someone, there's a reason I didn't call them. And so if they call, I'm going to be like, why are they calling me? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I And I used to call all the time, but then I realized that same thing. And so now usually I'll send a text. 
I get the email in and then I shoot them a text. Yeah. Um, but it's still not too confrontational. Um, so I think a text is good. An email, I feel like, is, I feel like they're not usually expecting an email back. Um, maybe they are. I don't know. But I feel like a text is, is probably mm-hmm. appropriate. Um, and for us, we always require a phone call before booking. At For least sure. a phone call. Yeah. Uh, I know that everybody does, but because of the level of service we provide, we totally. I need to make sure there's a good connection mm-hmm. and that they don't hate me or that I don't hate them, right? Right. So right. I, I, some, and I've lost business because of this, mm-hmm. because people are like, we just want to do through, book through text message. I'm like, that's not going to work because. Totally. You're, there's a lot of reasons, but. Well, and you've set that standard for yourself. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's great. Yep. So. Um, and with with other types of service, you may be able to get away with that, right? Yeah. Um, with our service, it, it doesn't work. So. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think with that too, if you're wanting to be, you know, we always talk about how to improve the wedding industry and improve wedding vendors, and that that is a way to take it to the next level, because it's not just, I mean, you're connecting on an emotional level. It's not just the check mark. Again, some vendors that works, but. I mean, that's that's something I pride myself in with LaBelle is like, hey, we're not just a venue. Like, we are there to help you. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, so let's let's talk about the next step. So you've made contact with them and now you set up some sort of meeting, whether mm-hmm. that's a phone or a Zoom or in person. Yeah. Um, do you get people booking over like before they've seen the venue? Yes. OK, because a lot of destination. Exactly. Yeah, it, it always, I'm not going to lie, it always kind of scares me a little bit because yeah. I am like, if there is anyone that can come out and see it, or we love doing like a FaceTime tour as well. But oh, again, cool. walk around. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same though, but I, I always get a little nervous, but we do a lot of destinations. So there is a lot of quote unquote blind booking. Yeah. Um, I've only had one experience where they blindly booked and then it was the weekend of the wedding and it wasn't what they thought only because only because the they thought it was in the mountains. So they thought oh, it was like I in see. Jackson Hole. Right. And it's not. Which it's not. Okay. <laughs> um, There's a butte nearby, but I don't think yeah, you can even see exactly. that. Exactly. Nope. And so that that's the only time they've blindly booked and then been upset. But they weren't upset at us. They were upset at the situation because sure. they were very like, well, if we had looked at a map. We would, would have known. we would have yeah. seen that, you know, um, but yeah, so we do blind bookings quite a bit, okay, so um okay, so you do you you get in contact with them, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's important before anything before you try and pitch anything that you figure out what they want, yes, you gotta ask agreed. Questions. agreed. Um, we always start um you know our our in person meeting is a tour. And so right off the bat, I trained my staff like, okay, you are going to start, you're going to get to know everyone who's there. You're going to get to know what their vision is, their story, and go from there. Yeah. I like that. And because the thing is, each, even though you're selling the the same product in the end, it's going to be customized to them. So totally, yeah. you're going to have to sell, you know, for them, they might be more concerned about the lodging, making sure that it has room for the people. But, mm-hmm. um, and if you don't mention that, throughout the tour, then you could have lost the sale. So totally, uh, it's important that you ask questions. And as you're asking these questions, you should be writing it down, right? The things that we ask, how many people are you going to have? What's the vibe that you're looking for? 
Um, are you having the ceremony and the reception in the same place? Is everybody invited to both things or do you have a smaller group for just for the ceremony? Um, what are you looking for in the entertainment? Why are you hiring a DJ as opposed to going with like, you know, just an iPod? Totally. A phone, I guess. Don't use iPods anymore. Well, you just you should totally make note of it all, especially because if you're if you're like us, you know, maybe you have four tours in a day. So by the you can get mixed up by the end of it. Yeah. You're like, wait, who is what? I don't know. Yeah. Um. You know, with that, I feel like if you're taking notes, that's pretty obvious. In our experience, we usually are asking those questions while on the tour. And so we'll take notes on our phone, but I will always start the tour by saying, hey, do you guys mind if I take some notes on my phone? Wanted to let That's you know good. Yeah. We're, we're making notes. We're not texting. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's a little different. I don't know. We could walk around with a clipboard, but it's, I don't know, when you're walking yeah, and then yeah. driving the golf cart and uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so don't love it. Uh, and the reason for us to write those notes down is so that when we're making our pitch, mm-hmm. we can bring those things up because those are the yeah. things that they care about. Yeah. You should sell to those points, not points that they didn't didn't ask about. Uh-huh. Um, exactly. And the I guess the exception to that for me is things that I know they're going to have questions about because everybody has questions about those and they just don't know. A lot of times on the calls, I'd say at least 50% of the time they say, I ask what questions can I answer? And they're like, I don't know. I've never hired a DJ for a wedding. Yeah. So uh, at that point, I'll usually say some things that most people ask are this. Um, Very similar to that. Because I feel like I feel like on our tours, most brides have done a lot of research and there's all the Pinterest boards of like, 10 questions to ask your venue and so they I know so they always come they always come with a list yeah and I pride myself that by the time we're done with the tour and we're sitting down and talking logistics I'm you know we'll ask what questions do you have for us and I love when they say you've answered them all because hey that's you're efficient you know what you're talking about you've answered it and if there's anything you feel like you didn't cover then yeah I say some questions that are frequently forgotten about or, you know, I always joke that we all know you're going to leave and then you're going to be like, oh, I should have asked this. Right. So some of those common questions are A, B, and C. That's good. So That's it. a good way to put it. Yeah. I like that. Um, another thing that we didn't really talk about, but if you can make a an emotional connection with them, I mean, you don't want to like get too chummy with them, but mm-hmm. if you can make an emotional connection with them, it makes a difference. Yeah. Um, I like to ask, you know, where are you from? You know, why are you coming to Idaho for your wedding? Mm-hmm. Uh, I ask, you know, so what do you guys do for work? Um, and sometimes I will put in a little bit about me because they want to connect with me as well. Exactly. So it's important for you to connect. Oh, and you even wrote this. I down. did write to this. Connect down. Them I was emotionally. like, you're reading my notes. <laughs> and I, I wasn't even looking at that. Uh, connect with them emotionally and logically. What do you mean logically? Yes. Okay. So. I, again, do a whole training on this with my staff, but humans are emotional, Yeah. but they are also logical. So what I like to do first is connect with them logically because they, they that's their immediate thought of, hey, we're meeting with this DJ because we need someone to play our music. So you want to connect the logical and in their mind, it's going to have them go, okay, this makes sense to me. 
if it's not making sense at first, then you're losing them because that's just why that's okay. That's I their see. initial. Yeah. This is what we need here. Okay. Right. But then humans are emotional characters. They want to connect emotionally. Um, one way that we do this with our tours, um, I actually learned all of this at Wedding MBA from Ian Ramirez. He did great. I love it. Um, but he did a whole lesson about how to give the right type of tour and letting the emotions speak. And mm. so when you're on the tour, you know, logically you're like, hey, this is one of our ceremony sites. Um, again, I paint the picture. I say, okay, let's paint the picture. Logically, this is where your arch would be. This is where you'd be walking. This is where everyone would come in. This is where everyone would be sitting. You're connecting logically. But then emotionally, you want to tie in and go, now picture this. This is where your, you know, father of the bride, this is where you're giving your daughter away. And let the silence speak and connect to them on an emotional level. That way they feel satisfied with the logics of, okay, I see it. I understand. Logically, it makes sense. But then emotionally, it's going to speak to them. I love that. So it's basically like, here are the things that we offer. Here's how it's going to affect you. Exactly. Got it. Yep. So that's what I mean by connecting logically and emotionally. That's cool. So. Okay. I like, I got to think about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As far as let's let's move to pricing. Uh, yes. So, I personally like to wait until I understand what they are wanting before I give For sure. pricing. For me, that's important because if they say we need you for two days, and I've already quoted them, you know, right. obviously they're going to understand if I say, "Oh, I didn't realize it was two days." But yep. it's much better to just say, "Here's the price." Yeah. Uh, once you know what it is. And for us, it's easy because we have basically two prices um, depending on who you're booking. But um, so it's pretty easy. The only difference would be travel. And usually I know that right. before. Um, but yeah, that way you just don't paint yourself into a corner, making sure that. Totally. Yeah. Well, I, I do feel like with like my situation, it is a little different as a venue is, because yeah. it is we have one price like. There's different pricing based on season and day of the week, but it is one price fits all, whether you have a 20-person wedding or a 2,000-person wedding. Same. We include the same thing. Unless there's lodging, though, right? Correct. So there are okay. add-ons to our price, but it's not a... Um, it's like this. We have one base price, right. and then there's some add-ons you can add on. Okay. But, you know, a lot of times we get questions of, oh, well, is it based per person? But logically, if we're blocking the date, it's the same price, whether it's 2,000 or 20 people. I always get worried when somebody says, we're just having a very small wedding. I'm like, okay, again, I want to have another pet peeve episode. But yeah. I hate when people say, we just have a really small intimate wedding of 50 people. Right, right. I'm sorry, people, that's, that's not yeah. that's not small. That's still a wedding. Right. But anyway. <laughs> anytime somebody says that, I'm like, okay, they're looking for a discount. Yes. But on my mind, in, in, for my process, I'm like, I'm still going to have to do the same amount of work. Exactly. still going to bring the same amount of equipment. Exactly. So. Well, and that's the thing yeah. with us, because if it, I mean, you know, there, if it is 2,000 people, then that is significantly more tables and chairs than 20. Right. But we only provide one amount. And if they go above, they have to use somebody else. So for us, it's the same amount of work yeah. regardless. So. Yeah. Uh, one other note is if you're not available on the day that they offer or that they're looking for, I sometimes will hail Marriott and say, 
hey, are you, I, you're, you probably can't change your plans at this point, mm-hmm. but I am available this other day. Or if your plans are flexible, yeah. then I may be available on this other date. Sometimes they will change. It depends all where the priorities are. Yep. But I mean, especially from the venue standpoint, like I have had lots of couples who the venue is one of their most important details and they will change their date yeah. to have their wedding at LaBelle Lake. You know, so I'm never afraid to say we're unfortunately booked on this date, but we have this day available or this yeah. day. Are you open to other days? And yeah, I just you never know. It's one of the biggest compliments that I can get when somebody says we want you. Yeah. What date are you available? Exactly. I'm like, it almost brings me to tears because I'm like, really? Well, and kind of like you've said, if you don't if you don't give the option, if you don't ask, then it's automatically no. Yep. So you never you never know. Worst cases, they say no. Right. We're not we're not moving. Like we're not. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about discounts. Yeah. How do you view discounts? I hate discounts. <laughs> yeah. I. Well, okay. Right off the bat, again, another little pet peeve of mine is when people ask for a discount. If I'm going to provide a discount, I want to do it on my terms. I sure. want to be like, hey, let me let me give you this discount. Whether that's we messed up, let's make it right. Blah 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 blah. It's just going to leave my mouth tasting a lot better than someone going, can we get a discount? That's right. just bitter in my mouth, you know? Yep. Um, but I think it's important to know that you can use discounts as leverage, but you don't want to look desperate. So right. a lot of times, like, when we have someone touring our venue, if we can tell, hey, they're kind of on the fence, we really want to book this date, it's pretty close, we don't know the odds of us booking it, the last thing you want to do is be desperate that is no you're just gonna scare them away again but you can use discounts as a leverage i almost never discount our base price we just say that's it that's what it is right but we will discount or add on add-ons okay yeah that makes sense There's more variability there that's good exactly and again it kind of goes back to what you're saying about listening to what's important to them because if i am on a tour with them and then you know, most times they're not shocked by the price by this point because, again, they've done their research. But if yeah. there is someone who's a little surprised or grooms on the fence or whatever and you want to make the the sale, I go back to what they've talked about. And if they say, hey, we want to have a big, massive party, we want to dance, blah, 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 that probably means the dance, po- dance, por- dance floor is a little important to them. Oh, I see. And yeah. so then I can go in and add, well, hey, I could throw in the dance floor or I could throw in the dance floor half off or whatever. Right. But you want to know who you're selling to because if they are not dancers, not partiers, they're not going to care. They're going to be like, well, I don't want the dance floor anyway. Right. But maybe they're worried about the heat and maybe they'd like a discount on the second tent that is extra or. So there's there is leverage in using that. Um, I think the key for throwing in discounts is to, of course, not look desperate, but also um, pick what is not too much impact on you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's a lot of times it's really easy for us to include the dance floor. Right. Especially if we have weddings back to back because almost all add them on. So, hey, it might be even more work for us to take it down if they don't want it. So if we we can discount it and leave it up. So that's a good point. Yeah, I I'm the same way. Um, The base price is the base price. 
there have been a couple of times where I, I like, I really like the couple, and mm-hmm. it's like on a Thursday, and I'll say, okay, I never give discounts, but I really like you guys, and this sounds like the kind of wedding yeah. we do, we would really knock it out of the park for, and so I'm willing to offer you a discount because it's a weekday, mm-hmm. and because I really like you. Um, but that happens maybe once a year. Um, the only other discount that we really give is sometimes we'll give discounts on add-ons, like you said, but the only other discount that we give is a military discount. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, we will, we'll do a military discount and we should come up with an actual policy for this, but sometimes we'll get questions if we do paid in full discounts. Oh. And so if that's the case, I mean, again, ours is a little bit chunk of change. And so if they're able to pay in full, then we will do a small discount. Yeah. For me, I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me to pay in full. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a good chunk for us too, but it's not, for me, it doesn't do anything because the way we do our accounting, I'm like, it doesn't help me at all. It does stuff for us. Does it? (laughs) Yes. So for us, it's worth it. One, well, yeah, that, I don't know if I want to mention that, but Right. I, for the military discount, I I do that not to get bookings, but just because purely I appreciate what they do. Exactly. And yes. even after the point, after the fact, the other day I was on a call with a couple and I didn't know this, but he's like, yeah, and I served a, a tour in Afghanistan. I'm like, discount. I'm giving you guys right. a discount. Yeah. They had already booked. They'd already signed. But for me, right. it, it wasn't about it wasn't about trying to book them. It was showing appreciation. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, and I think that too is just going to help them see and that you're more than just a business. It's again, right. connecting on that emotional person level of, hey, I'm a person, you're a person. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Okay. So uh, you give them the, I don't ask for a firm commitment on the phone. Alan Berg says you should, and I probably should. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is the way that I've done historically the way I've done my uh, my sales calls I'm usually on the phone with one person okay meaning I'm on the phone with the bride or the groom or a parent um, and the problem with that is there are other decision makers yeah and they're not there and so yeah. I'm looking at revamping this just a little bit to make sure that all decision makers are there because sometimes what happens is you pitch this amazing thing and they fall in love with your service and they go back to their parent and they say, hey, this guy is awesome. He's going to do so good. And the parent asks how much and they tell them how much and they're like, oh, no, we can't do that. It's not worth it. Music is not worth it. Like, it's not just music. So it's I think it's important. And that's why I'm looking at revamping it. Um, So right now, I usually say, here's my price. I'm going to send you a contract and we'll get this, get into that in just a second, but I'm going to send you the information so you can talk about it and then I'll follow up with you. If you have any questions, reach out to me. Uh, so I leave it a little open-ended because I don't feel like I can ask them right then without being mm-hmm. pushy and because it would be pushy because they haven't talked to other people to make that decision. For sure. If they were all there, I think I would be more comfortable just asking for the sale. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, so honestly, a lot of times with our tours, almost, okay, I'd say 95% of the time, all the decision makers are right there, you know, because then it, it's a thing. Hey, let's go see the venue, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
But even then, I probably should ask for the sale, but I I just don't love to. I I mean, we end up closing, I think, 99% of our tours. Wow. We have an incredible That's a closure rate. I mean, it's a pretty cool place. I know. I'm biased. So. But like, but no, our, our rate is pretty incredible. And so I feel like I've never had the pressure of asking for the, the sale. Sure. Because they usually are a little overwhelmed. They're a little like, okay, I love it. But I just want to make sure. And on a personal level, I understand that. I hate when I feel pressured to sign something right away. Right. So I, I don't ask for the sale, but I haven't had a need to because our our closure rate is so good. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. But I feel like, too, on top of that, I mean, again, we probably should, but I feel like our clients respect that we don't. Yeah. If that makes sense. It, it makes I feel like it helps them feel like a person and not just a sale. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. So once you finish that that call or your your tour, whatever it is, uh, do what you say you're going to do. Yes. I try and give them a time frame. I'm going to send you a contract within the next couple of hours. And yeah. usually, and, and this is general throughout my whole business. Usually, I say I'm going to do something, and then I try and do it better. I was just going to say that I you know, always will say, hey, I'm going to send you a contract. You know, I got some stuff on my agenda or whatever, so I'll try to get it to you before end of day today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But then I want to get it to them an hour. Right, within like, an hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I exactly always say something and then do better. Yep. And depending on your CRM or whatever software you're using to manage contracts and all of that, make sure that you're automating in some way. If you're not automating, you're you're taking too much time. It's worth the time to spend to get the automation in place. Because for me, once I, I have all the information entered in, I click one button and it sends them the contract. Yeah. And it's so easy. Yeah. And for them, it looks like, wow, this guy's really responsive and he's on top right. of stuff. Uh, and it's kind of because I am, but because I've set that up. So, uh, do what you you say you're going to do and mm-hmm. send the contract right away. They can't say yes if they don't have the opportunity. Exactly. To sign. Yeah. I I totally agree. Yep. Uh then what does your follow-up process look like? Let's say yeah. you send them a contract, you haven't heard from them. What is the how long does your your contract last for before that date gets closed or does it stay Well, open so all? the dates we we are very transparent that our dates stay open until we receive a deposit. Nothing okay. is actually booked until there's a deposit. So there could be a contract out that hasn't been signed, or there could even be a contract that is signed. But if there's no deposit, that date is not secure. If they, let's say you have two contracts out at the same time for the same date, what happens if one person signs it and then the other person tries to sign it? Um, I honestly don't know how many times we've had a contract for the same date out okay. at the exact same time. But again, it just comes down to whoever's got money first. If there is someone who is interested in it and they're like, hey, like, I think we want a book. Let me work on getting that to you or whatever. And someone else comes in and says, hey, I want this date and I'm willing to pay. I mean, usually before I get to that point, whoever was like, hey, I think we want it. But I I let them know if someone comes in with money, it's a done deal. Yeah. You know, or if there's another person who's interested and they're like kind of in the same boat of like, oh, I think we want to pay, blah, blah, blah. Well, I have another person interested. I will call that initial person and say, 
I have someone who's looking to put a deposit down if you want it. I need your deposit. Yeah. Um, Because, again, I don't want anyone to feel like it got taken out Mm. from under them. But we are also very transparent that nothing is secure until there's a deposit. The only time that that's a little different is, of course, if they are putting something in the mail, <laughs> then yeah. I will act like we've already received it. Okay. Because that, that I don't know, that feels icky to me to be like, oh, well, we need your deposit. Okay, my <laughs> check is in the mail. Right. Oh, well, someone just Sorry. like, I don't know. So if they say, hey, it is in the mail, it's a little bit of trust, but I will go ahead and put that the deposit is paid. Yeah. Um. And then if you don't get within a week or something. Right. And then, yeah, yeah but I, yeah, so... Yeah. I give them two weeks. I tell them when I, when you sign the contract, it holds that date for two weeks. Okay. If somebody calls me within that two weeks and they say they want to book right then, I'm going to contact you first and make sure you're still not interested. But if okay. you, but if these other people are willing to pay and they're, they're willing to sign the contract and go for it, then I got to give it to them first. For sure. So yeah. I, it's a, it's a soft hold basically. A soft hold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times if someone is interested, I... I will put interested on our calendar. Right. Um, I will put pending if I've drafted a contract. But again, okay. nothing is like, so I guess it is kind of a soft hold, but nothing's in the books right. until um, that deposit until you get is money. in. Yep. Uh, for us, uh, as far as our, our follow-up process goes, so we send them the initial email mm-hmm. that has the contract link in it. And then one week later, they get... Uh, uh, an email reminding them that their contract is going to expire soon. Okay. And then one week later, I give them one last email the day before it expires that says, are you still interested? Uh, and it gives them some options like, I'm still interested. I need more time or I'm not interested. We found somebody else, a, a few nice. other options. Yeah. Uh, so that way it gives them one last chance. And then depending on the event, if I feel like they were pretty interested, we had a good connection a few days after that, if I don't hear from it, uh, hear from them, uh, their contract is expired, but I'll shoot them a text like, hey, wanted to make sure you got my emails yeah. and see if you're all taken care of. If they are or if they don't respond, then it's gone yeah. forever, lost the sale, and I'm okay with it. But I want to make sure that I give them every opportunity and make sure that my emails and texts are getting through because there have been a few times, especially in the last two weeks, that I send them a text message right away. They don't respond. The next day I send them another text message and say, hey, wanted to make sure my text got through. And they'll be like, oh, sorry, it went to my other folder or spam or whatever. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to follow up in more than one way if you don't hear back, because sometimes they're not getting the email or the text or whatever. And so if you're just emailing them and then you're like, oh, I never heard back. Too too bad. Like, what if it all went to their junk folder? You don't know. So. Yeah. And by the way. If you have a CRM that is sending your emails out, usually there are steps that you can take to make sure or not make sure, but help the fact that it doesn't go to spam. Yeah. Uh, a lot of CRMs, especially if it goes to a Gmail account, a lot of CRMs are blocked and they go right to spam. And Google has actually started bouncing emails instead of going to spam. It'll say, really? nope, not doing it. So there are some like backend things that you have to do like on the server side with your with your uh, website provider that basically says your CRM is allowed to send on behalf of you and it's authorized and it looks like it's just coming from your email address. So it's important that you set that up. Otherwise, good chance most of your emails are going to spam. Yeah. 
So yeah. that's a side note. Um, so yeah, I talked about the last ditch effort, just making sure that you, you know, you reach out to them one last time, make sure that they're not interested. Uh, I've got a friend in New Jersey and he has a really successful business and he says that it's, you know, it's very common that, uh, well, not super common, but it happens a few times a year that they keep sending out emails and on the 10th or 11th email, they'll say, yeah, let's book. Let's so, yeah, I was actually just going to bring that up real quick. Again, we quote him so much, but Alan Berg, mm-hmm. I think he says you should be following up at least seven times if yeah. you haven't heard because a lot of times there's just life happens, things, whatever, and then seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth time, yep. they will book. Yep. So it's not a no until it's a no. Yep. You know, I would space those out, though. Right. Yeah. I had a yes. client and I, I they told me that they wanted to meet with me and book with me because I didn't overwhelm them with communication. Yes. That there was another company that emailed them, called them and texted them all within like five minutes. And they were like, no, no. Again, it's needy. It's yeah. going to spook out. Very needy. So you should reach out in various ways, seven times at least. But mm-hmm. in various ways, not in all various the same ways way and, and spaced out. And spaced out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I completely agree. So if you lose the sale, do yes. you have a process for that? I don't know how often we lose the sales. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. We're just that good. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I don't know how much of a process we have. We do need to implement one, but yeah. I would, I'd love to hear what... You do. I don't have anything implemented, but I have some ideas. Okay, I have a friend it. in Boise that he says he sends them suggestions. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't read what those suggestions are, whether they're for other DJs or for uh, like photographers or whatever. But he sends them suggestions. So that's just being a good person, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I do like that, you know. Yeah. So there's that. Um, there's also you could add somebody to a a mailing list. I don't love that idea um, because then that seems a little spammy. Um, so yeah, I, I think I I don't want to bother them too much because yes. I've got other clients that I gotta worry about. So. Well, and I I think it's important though if you do lose the sale and they say no. I mean I I will always respond whether that's call or email and just say. You know, oh, I, I don't know how I start them, but like, I'm, I hope, wish you all the best wedding. Hope you find mm-hmm. the vendor you want. Or if they say we found someone else, we booked someone else, congrats on finding your venue, your DJ. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. I hope you have a great wedding. Like, you don't want to just go, oh, well, we didn't get it. Bye. Like, right. you want to close it off and wish them a happy wedding. Yeah. Cause so. there have been times where they say, hey, our other venue, they dropped out. Exactly. Our DJ dropped out. DJs drop out way more often than venues, I think. But yeah. we get a few calls a year yeah. and they're like, we, our DJs, they're right. not available anymore. Right. So I think you still want to end on a good note and wish them all the best because even if yeah. it is the, the the end of a sale right then, you again, you never know if they're going to need another venue, if they're going to get married again. Or if they have a friend that's going to get true. married or like, like it might be the end of that sale right then, but it doesn't mean it's the end of any sale. Yeah. It's not the end of the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. But. Well, yeah. that's a bunch of our sales stuff. Uh, if you agree, if you disagree, if you have ideas or you have questions, please, please let us know. Reach out. You can reach out to us on TikTok or Instagram 
or our website or email, but don't show up our, at our house. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Top Secret Wedding Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review us, and we'll see you next time. 